Join us if you dare. It's movie night at your drive-in of terror. Each week, you'll hear about one campy movie for a laugh. One terrifying feature sure to scare your pants off. And one kid-friendly scare for the little ones. Or not-so-little ones, needing a little less terror. The show's about to start. Get comfy and sit down in front. Oh, and one more thing. This episode contains spoilers. Consider yourself warned. Enjoy the show, if you're brave enough. Take it away, Tom. Hi guys, I'm Tom, here with my good friend Shay, and we'd like you to pull it on into our drive-in of terror for season two, episode three of the Scare Your Pants Off It's Movie Night podcast. In tonight's episode, our fright-filled feature is Midsummer. Grab your snacks and we'll kill the lights. So how are you doing today, Shay? I'm great. I absolutely, I love that we're doing this. I, you know, it's, I loved the road trip. I had so much fun with the road trip, but it's nice to take a little bit of a break mm-hmm. and just kind of sit back and talk about something that we are both maybe overly passionate about in some cases, but I, I love this. I'm having so much fun. How are you doing? Good, good. Um, Same, same. It's nice to, yeah, it's a little, a little less research intensive, which is kind of a nice little break because um, we will be getting back to that second half at some point. Um, so yeah, I'm just having a good time and rewatching all these movies that it's that I love and are so near and dear to my heart. It's um, you know talking horror movies. It just doesn't get much better for me than that. It's uh, yeah, and then. It's extremely hot in my place. I'm doing laundry as we're recording this episode, and it's and we're on the East Coast, and it's very muggy today outside too. It's uh, one of those. It is, uh, it is June currently while we're recording, and this episode actually won't air until October, November. So it'll cool down quite a bit. But while we're while we're recording, we're sweating our asses off. Yes, uh, but it's summertime, so I can't complain complain too much. Um, so, oh, uh, what's new? Anything good or? Are you current on Evil? I am. I love that show. It's it's killing me because I have I have so many thoughts and so many like I think this is what's going on. But it's one of those shows that's so great that it it is it's it basically confuses and intrigues me at the same time and makes me angry that I can't figure it out, but pulls me in because I want them to tell me. It's it's such a weird mix of emotions, but I'm, I'm, I'm super enjoying it. Me too, I love it. It's, it, get, it just gets better, which is rare for shows that it just continues to get better. And um, I, yeah, I can't say enough good things about it. I, uh, I was thinking actually, but I believe I saw at like the end of the episode or at the beginning, they have an official podcast because I, I, I that had crossed my mind when we were thinking of what to do for season two, how it'd be just awesome to do an evil podcast, just a podcast about the show. 
and uh but they have an official podcast so i was like ah you know what uh, not that i mean i love what we're doing now too but i we were we were kicking around different ideas for our season two and i thought that would have been good but I, it seems like every show now has their own official podcast and everything it's uh because pod i mean i love podcasts i mean i listen yeah. to them so many a day it's crazy it's just so yeah yeah i love that show i can't wait for tomorrow's episode it's uh record, record i can't saturday. wait saturday it's uh yeah it's one of my my favorite going right now all right well for those looking for a laugh it's time for the campy all right so i get the campy and i'm gonna talk today about terrifier from 2016. we don't typically add the videos but if by any chance some of this makes it into like a blooper reel or something like this you will see my face i'm ridiculous mm-hmm. and i'm smiling the entire time i'm talking about it because i love this movie mm-hmm. and if you haven't seen it please crawl out from under the rock that you've been living in and go watch it because oh my word um there's also supposedly a sequel coming this year i don't know if you've heard that but there's i i hope it's coming out supposedly near halloween i don't know my fingers are across that it does. I I've heard it because I I've heard it, I, I mean it's supposedly a sequel has been in the works since the first one released and uh, so I'm really hoping it comes out this year because I believe it's been pushed back. Obviously, I mean we had COVID and stuff, so it makes sense. But yes, I I that would be so awesome and that would be perfect if it came out in the, in October just for like the Halloween season and everything. Um, because yeah, I'm. Really Ready. I'm ready for another installment with Art the Clown. I can't, I can't friggin' wait. Wait, so I'm gonna say that again. I can't friggin' wait. <laughs> so here it goes. Art the Clown goes on a spree, a killing spree on Halloween night. He's got his eyes set on a semi-intoxicated duo and will make them his main event for the evening. He, of course, takes out a few others in the process and one of which he uses the head like a jack-o'-lantern, places it on the stove in the pizza place or the oven in the pizza place and lights up a fire like a jack-o'-lantern. I gotta love Art's festive ways because he really embodies the true Halloween spirit in my opinion. (laughs) Uh, In my favorite death of the movie, Dawn, one of the intoxicated duo, uh, wearing only her underpants. Yes, I say underpants because the word panties makes me squeamish and I don't like it. So I'm going to say underpants every time. Um, wearing only her underpants as kind of an offering or a sick, twisted show of devotion for her friend Tara, who he then finds and ties to a chair. Now he has a blanket over Tara, uh, not over Tara, sorry, over Dawn, and he pulls the blanket off for her and reveals her now Y-shaped friend, and the show begins. So I'm saying Y-shaped, if you envision this, her legs are spread apart, the rest of her is downward, you know, facing down. She is shaped like a Y. He stands proudly by the upside down dawn and grabs a hold of her underpants. Yes, underpants. (laughs) Automatically assume, you know, what's gonna happen when he rips them off of her. You assume he's gonna go in for a quick and grotesque taste and you wouldn't have blamed him because that would have been sensical for this movie, but it's not the direction this movie went. And I love it. Art grabs a saw, 
not a chainsaw, but a hacksaw or something similar to that, a finishing saw, something like that. And it happens. He starts where she's naturally split, if you catch my drift, and gruesomely turns the Y into a V as he cuts her down the middle. And I'm, I'm coining this phrase and cuts her cooch to smooch. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Cooch to smooch. <laughs> oh my God. That's perfect. I was saving that. Oh. Until we were recording, because I needed your reaction. Oh, that's beautiful. That, that That is the best thing I've heard in days. I'm glad. All right. So the sounds of this process, let me tell you, they're amazing. You hear, they're amazing. You hear every single bit of flesh, bone, every just gross, disgusting sound that you could possibly hear in this process. You hear it and they assault your earbuds with it, your ear, your eardrums with it. And it's amazing. Not only is this kill my favorite one in the movie, but it's actually one of my top five in horror movies of all time. Cause I've never, I've never seen it. I didn't expect it and blew my, blew my mind. Absolutely. Okay. We'll leave that kill, we'll leave that scene, and I'll sum up the rest of the movie for you really quick. Um, so to sum up the rest of this wonderful campy movie, just know that you'll see Art wear a pair of boobs that weren't his to begin with. He literally peels them off of somebody and wears them and does this shimmy, shaky dance. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable, but it's amazing. He does this like weird shimmy, shaky dance with someone else's boobs on him. And there's some eating of faces. Um, Art ends up quote unquote dead and in a body bag and brought to a mortuary where he, surprise, escapes the body bag, setting us up for hopefully this year's sequel. Now, if you don't mind gore or nudity or both at the same time, uh, this one's for you. But I loved it absolutely you should watch it so that's that's what i have for terrifier and um i don't know what like what did you think you seen it, right i love it first of all i love your enthusiasm because it is it's that good guys it's like an instant it's an instant cult classic right away and they go there they like you and your what shay was describing they go there and it's just yeah i just amazing um that kill where the cooch to smooch um is yeah I, I i would honestly probably put in my top three kills of it's it's that good and it's graphic they show it and because you yeah, I, I could see them doing it in another movie but cutting away and or whatever and yeah uh, it's yeah it's well, i think that's what's amazing about it is they didn't like you <laughs> they maybe panned away a little bit here and there yeah. but you, you you watched almost all of it you saw yeah. the whole thing the the blood covering her face and the yeah just the the, the vigor of the side and like you said the sound the sound it just yeah. yeah guys i mean Shay put apart there's not i i can't say it any better than Shay did but I love this film. I am so here for the sequel. Uh, it, it is just really good. Do yourself a favor and watch this how, however you can. You know, uh, it's because it's uh, 
it's up there. If you're a horror film and you're into and you and like that gore, the gore aspects of horror, then check this out because it's yeah, one of my favorites. It really is so good. Yeah. For those brave souls ready for a fright, it's time for the feature. All right. Oh, our main feature today is Midsummer, which I absolutely love. I remember when this came out, actually. It's it's spelled a little different. It's M-I-D-S-O-M-M-A-R. And I wasn't sure, even though I know that's Midsummer, I, I wasn't sure if it was pronounced Midsummer or I was a little confused and I didn't know too much about it. But then I'd been reading a couple reviews on how different it was. So I was like, oh, I got to check this out. And I was not disappointed at all by this film. It's... It, it, it's really good horror, but it's it's a different feeling. It's been defined as like folk horror, but it's and I can see that because it's it's more about mood and pacing and and making you feel uncomfortable and disoriented um, than a big kill. Yes, there are kills in this, but it's not about that. It's not about the jump scare. It's more, like I said, it's more about the experience of you sitting there and just feeling unsettled that whole time. And Ari Aster, 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 I'm not sure how he pronounces it, but um, it, it, he achieves that so well in this movie because at no, like just from the opening minutes, I I felt uncomfortable, and it just continues through the whole run. Yeah. And it's one of my more favorite new horrors that come out again, and it's a little different. And like I said, it's been defined as full horror, so which I can kind of see. Just a little bit about the film is that it was released in 2019 as a folk horror written and directed by Ari Aster. And the film follows the dysfunctional couple of Danny and Christian. Uh, Danny played by Florence Pugh and Christian played by Jack Raynor. Raynor um, as they travel to Sweden with a group of friends for a midsummer festival, only to find themselves in the clutches of a sinister Scandinavian pagan cult. And some of the Supporting actors are William Jackson Harper, Wilhelm Blomgren, Laura Torchia, Archie Mataque. Um, sorry, some of those names are Scandinavian or Swedish, and if I'm destroying, you know, destroying the pronunciation, I do apologize. And Will Poulter. So the two biggest names are Florence Pugh and Will Poulter, with Florence Pugh being the biggest. I believe she's. Black Widow or something like that within the Marvel. And Will Poulter was in, uh, just most recently, if you're trying to play some from something, was in the Hulu series Dope Sick, which is about uh, the Purdue family and Purdue uh, pharmaceuticals. They created Oxycontin and then lied about its addictiveness. And it was just, they're just a shitty company and great show. He's a great actor. Uh, in it, do yourself a favor and check it out because, uh, yeah, fantastic, fantastic show. So, all right, this was a co production between the United States and Sweden. And actually, the film was initially pitched to Aster as just a, I found this interesting, as the straightforward slasher film. That's ori the, originally the bare bones script that he got was more of a slasher with, um, 
with jump scares and uh, it still dealt with the Swedish cultists, but yeah, it was just a little more straightforward. And he did a ton of rewrites, um, basing the rewrites actually on at the time when he was rewriting it, he was in a relationship that was deteriorating, sorry, deteriorating. And um, so he wrote kind of, this helped inspire the rewrites to uh, that he came up with, which would eventually uh, become the film. So I thought that was pretty interesting. That's it cool. Was- it, it's funny because I I would that's far from a slasher movie. That's 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 yeah. totally a different world. That's it's so funny that it was put to him like that. Yeah, and yeah, because it, yeah, it doesn't even it doesn't even resemble a slasher film in any which way. So. Uh, Midsummer was theatrically released in the United States on July 3rd, 2019 by A24. I love A24 films. They do a lot of great horror, but they just do a lot of great, like, just sort of not your mainstream big, you know, Marvel superhero or your Top Guns. It's more character-based movies and stuff. They're great, great production company. Um, and it was released on July 10th. 2019 in Sweden by uh, the company Nordisk Film. The film grossed about 47.9 million and received generally positive reviews from critics and with Astor's direction and Pew's performance uh, in particular being praised. So I gave you a general um, you know, like a rough outline of the plot. Uh, Here, we'll go into a little more detail. So, psychology student Danny Arter is left severely traumatized after her sister commits a murder-suicide on their parents and herself by filling their home with carbon monoxide. This incident obviously messes up Danny. I mean, your sister kills herself and your parents. Yeah, you're going to be pretty much traumatized. I mean, that's that's pretty safe to say. Unfortunately, uh, this uh, this incident, plus coupled with her trauma, starts to um, distance, put distance between herself and her boyfriend of four years, cultural anthropology student Christian Hughes. And then, as the summer break is approaching, uh, she finds out that Christian and his friend Mark met a guy named Pell, and they're going over to Sweden during the summer to witness and attend a midsummer celebration in the r- rural Sweden. Uh, I guess the name of the town, I'm probably going to butcher it, butcher it, is Halsengland, uh, Sweden. <laughs> uh, I like it. Um, and this festival only occurs once every 90 years. And his friend Josh, who's going with him, has decided that he's going to write his thesis on European Midsummer festivals and festivities. So Christian, you know, like I said, the relationship's deteriorating a little bit and it's summer break and needs to blow off some steam, decides he's going to go. They met that guy, Pell. The guy, Pell, is very, he's a very charismatic Swedish guy um, that, you know, so he befriends him and decides he's going to go. And then um, he was actually intending Christian, that is, to 
break we find out that he was pretty much he wanted uh to break up with Danny but the tragedy happened and so he didn't so this was kind of a and so that was coupled with the fact that it, this is a way to kind of get away but she finds out and kind of like kind of invites her but doesn't want her to go sort of thing and and she decides she's gonna go um, and she wants you know she's been suffering depression needs to get away mm-hmm. feels feels the distance in their relationship happening and you know things that maybe they can work through you know maybe this will help this will help the mood help the relationship help everything so she decides to go sort of to his dismay but i mean what are you gonna do and that is a tough spot if he was really trying to break up with her beforehand he can't do it after a murder suicide or like right after so i do I do sympathize a little bit with him, although he's he's not that likable of a character, I, you know. So it's I sympathize him in that sense, but in the grand scheme, like I said, he's not too light. So fast forward, they arrive, um, and they're on their way to the commune, and they actually run into a English couple from London, who are invited by Kel, uh, Pell, the Midsummer Festival, and they're all you know they're on their way and they're all doing it and. Then they all, I love this, it's just a little, they they all take mushrooms and it's funny, the guy, they start tripping and start freaking out. What I liked about this is a lot of times in movies, when somebody takes drugs, it's like the writer or director has never seen anybody on drugs or never taken a drug and they don't understand how drugs work. And it's like this person's doing just like the most insane things or seeing the most insane things and they, I, I, I felt like with these mushrooms, they didn't go too far. They, it all felt realistic and believable uh, uh, with that. So I, I appreciated that. <laughs> to it. Yep. it, it bothers me in movies when, yeah, sometimes it's just like that's not what that drug would do at all. So Danny, you know, obviously going through that trauma is probably not the best time to take mushrooms when you're going when you've had a trauma like that. Because, you know, you're going to start to dwell on it and stuff. I've, uh, I've never personally had a bad trip, but I, I've seen people who have. And, uh, yeah, probably not the best time to, but she does and kind of freaks out a little bit. But it also gives a little more insight to her character and what's happening with her internally. Yeah. So. And then, you know, they keep making their way to the commune and they actually witness a ceremony where two elders commit suicide by jumping off a nearby cliff onto the rocks below. But one of the elders doesn't die. He actually survives the jump. And then we see the elders and people from the community, some of the women and men, uh surround him or surround him by the by the rocks that he had just jumped onto we start to see them mimic his cries of pain like because obviously he just jumped off a cliff and that i love that because it's so sort of disoriented like these i i mentioned it how disorienting this movie is and you're hearing them do these wails and weird breaths and stuff and it just adds to this sort of creep uneasy creepiness feeling to it and Mm -hmm. it's just uh like that disorienting feeling that i i personally love they end up mercy killing him by smashing him with a mallet which is 
pretty brutal. They find out that this is actually a great honor in this in this culture to do this. You know, they're horrified because they jumped off and they're like, what the hell is going? Obviously, you see two people jump and then these people not trying to help them. And they're like, what the F is going on here? Well, in this within this cult, within this pagan cult, it, this is considered an honor. He was 72 years old, lived a good life. That is it, he felt. And this was a great honor. So anyway, fast forward and, uh, you know, there are more weird stuff's happening within this cult. They're, they're sort of ingratiating in the cult, but also not. Some of the characters are doing stuff the cult doesn't like. And I won't go into everything because it just, it would make this podcast a million years long. But, you know, it, it, some really, really cool stuff. Christian actually decides that he's going to write his his thesis now on this this commune this cult um really really angers his friend josh because it's like dude what the hell that's my thesis now you're just gonna plagiarize my thesis so they have it out and florence Pugh is is been sort of their character danny has uh been hanging a lot with these women we see more of these sort of breath exercises these whales these things again that just just add to this really eerie creepy atmosphere and this is all building they're all building up for uh to uh picking out the may queen for this midsummer festival that's that's what this all that's what this all builds to and again I've let guys, I've left out stuff purposely at this point. There's a lot of little other side stories and stuff going on. So as we're approaching the end, um, Danny and Christian are separately coerced into taking another halluc- uh, but th- another hallucinogen, but this time it's a hallucinogenic drink. And um, then we're, we're seeing more of the festival and the, uh, the Maypole dancing competition, where the final person standing is Danny. And Danny is crowned the May Queen. And then afterward, Christian is drugged uh, and is participates in a sex ritual designed to impregnate Maja, a young female member of the of the cult, while um, other other naked female members watch and mimic her moans which is just a very weird scene it's like they're watching her have sex and then they're mimicking her enjoyment of the sex and again just all adding to the atmosphere of it guys it just that is such that is such a weird creepy pervy i don't know that whole scene was i'm watching i'm like is this happening this is the thing that's going on I, my mind was completely just i didn't even know where to go with it i didn't know what to think with it and it was it's such an such an odd i can't even i can't even imagine being in either of those either situation in that whole thing and it's it was such a bizarre scene yes it really was i remember i remember the first time i'm like really they're doing this this and uh, um what pressure do you feel if you're the guy i mean that's got to be an immense amount of pressure right yes yeah i I can't imagine i can't um, it's so weird so weird but um so this is all building to 
a decision that May Queen Danny has to make. And I don't want to give too much more away, guys. Uh, obviously, I've given a lot of spoilers throughout this, but I, 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 it's a fairly newer movie, so I don't want to give too much away because I really do think you should check it out. She's got to make a decision on, on, on whether who lives and who dies. And, oh, just something really fun. We get to see if any of you are fans of uh, the show Vikings uh, or any of the, the spinoffs of it, we get to see a blood eagle in this movie, which is the first time I had seen a blood eagle was in the show Vikings. So I won't tell you too much about it, but you get to see a blood eagle in it. And it's, it, it's pretty cool. So, yeah, it all builds to the decision that Danny has to make. And sorry, I, I know that was a bit long-winded, but I really love this movie and I kind of got, got on a roll and just kept going there. Um, but yeah, so thoughts at this point, because I got some fun facts afterwards. But So I'm, I'm finding, and I, I, I love that you were saying earlier how it's classified as like a folk horror. And a folk horror typically is centered around a belief or a culture or a way of a way of living and um and it tells the tales that surround that and usually in the folklore which is which is an aspect that i absolutely love you have your main or semi-main or one of the many main characters who typically go into a situation much like midsummer and they're naive to it and they don't know you know, 100% of everything's being done right, or if everything's supposed to be this odd, or supposed to be whatever, and usually under the guise of these beliefs, and under the guise of these rituals and stuff like that, there's evil lurking, or, or something bad that is, and understand, I, I actually, I am pagan, and I, I don't believe that it's all bad or anything like that, but they take an evil and they hide it under the guise of these, of this belief system, and this person naive to it comes in and they don't know if this is real if this is supposed to be this way and, and i love that the folk horror focuses so much on the innocence because it's like they take you in and they walk you down a path and you're like oh is this this is kind of pretty this is kind of nice and all all the while behind you you have this shadow that's just following you and lurking and waiting to consume you and and, and into the whole thing and it, it just scare you and i love it that's so that I'm uh, thank you for that for that explanation that uh that makes so much sense a couple fun facts about it are well the first and I can't remember if I mentioned it at the beginning but um so in a lot of the movie the Swedish actors and characters are speaking Swedish but there's no subtitles. So I remember when I was watching it the first time, I'm like, oh shit, I didn't put the subtitles on or something. I, I, you know, within my settings on whatever I was watching it on. Nope, this was done on purpose to add to that disorienting feeling is that they don't put the subtitles. Anything that you need to know that, the, um, that they're saying in Swedish, you're able to figure out through the character's intentions, what they're doing, what's going on around it. But a lot, some of it you won't know, and it's not, it doesn't ruin the experience, but that, that was a choice by Ari Aster, Aster, Aster um, to, to just add to that disorienting feeling. And I thought that was a great, great choice after I learned that. So I actually, I actually love that you said that because it, it really, in my opinion, it takes it takes an amazing director. It really takes an amazing talent to 
isolate you in a theater full of people or on your own couch with your family and he's isolating you. Yes. You are you are so alone in this whole thing. You can you can hear the people next to you chewing popcorn or whatever, but like he absolutely they're absolutely isolating you and and it's such a great talent for someone to have and it's it's not one that everybody has and I'm so glad he I'm so glad they used it because it's just crazy and that's that's the perfect word that isolating failing that you get from it that's just that is a perfect way of putting it um so most of the movie takes place in Sweden but it was uh mostly shot in budapest hungary um and some towns outside of prague some uh some of the reshoots and some of the parts that take place uh in america were shot actually shot in utah which, uh, uh, i don't know kind of interesting that's quite the jump um and then this movie was actually produced really really quickly it was greenlit on may 18th of 2018 and it released in it released in theaters and stuff june 18th of 2019 so a year and a month essentially yeah from green light to in the theaters uh 396 days from the budget approval to the theatrical release and uh the final one i'll bring up there's a lot more guys you could google search it if you're interested if you like stuff like that there are a bunch of easter eggs in it i'm not the person to talk about to talk to about easter eggs i'm really bad at picking up on those but uh found this interesting singer songwriter ariana grande who I, I i know of i i i don't know any of her songs or anything like that but is a super fan of midsummer and she even bid on florence pugh's floral may queen gown when it went up for auction at the a24 charity auction she did not win it but she she bid on it uh a, the winning bid was actually by the academy museum and it went for five thousand dollars wow yeah for a, a new film like that that's pretty impressive it has built this sort of cult following that, that people the people that love it are really rabid about it and uh yeah and that's pretty much all i have for midsummer but it's just I I just I just loved it. It's it, such a good film. What are your thoughts before we get into our ratings? Or so, any thoughts? It's funny. It's one of those movies. So the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, that was okay. And, uh, no, honestly, I did it. The first time I was like, whatever. It's it was it was interesting. Uh, going back and watching it again, and and really taking note of just like the just a little, just a fine tuned little like artsy bits of it. And again, that isolation and, and everything like that is it's knowing how much they put into it really added so much more to the movie. And then you're gonna, if, you, if you've already watched it and you kind of like it, go in and watch it again because you've, you've missed stuff. You've missed little things in the background that like start, you know, pay attention to the horizon, pay attention to the, you know, the, 
what's moving behind them and stuff like that. And it's there's there's so much more to the movie than first watch. Agreed. Agreed. It's just yeah, it's it's a good oh, and I forgot to mention too, there is a director's cut that is almost three hours long. Uh, I don't know where you, you can find it on one of the apps now. I'm not sure which one. By the time this comes out, it might be on a different app. So, but there is a director's cut uh, with the, like it's got a lot of extends the scenes and kind of um, help you know builds out those relationships a little more. But obviously, they didn't want a three hour film because I mean that's that's pretty long uh, for any film. So, all right, well with the let's rate this so how many times around the maple or how do we want to say it? how many maples or how many times around the maple i'd say how many turns around the maple okay so on a scale of one to ten how many turns around the maple would you give this shay <sighs> that's hard okay so i'm gonna go and give it and it's conservative uh i'm gonna give it seven times around the maple i like it yeah I like it. I uh, and I like it because that's what I was going with too. Exactly. Like I, I really was. I, I really like this. Um, and I, I think, I think that's fear. I, I like seven is is conservative, but fear for this movie. I think most people like it. I, I, I there is a, a a group of you that probably will hate it. You know, and I can I can understand that too. Because if you're going into it and you're a more traditional horror fan of slasher or jump skiers or, you know, just whatever, demonic possessions and stuff like that, that's not what you're going to get. You're you're just going to get this overall pervasive sort of feeling of discomfort, disorientation, isolation, um, and almost when the movie ends, relief. So it's, uh, yeah, so I feel like seven's fair. So... Very cool. Oh, cool. That is Midsummer, guys. Check it out. Uh, you, I think you'll really like it. For the <coughs> little ones, it's time for the kids' scare. All right, so I get to talk about the kids' movie today, and I. It's so funny because I love talking about the kids' movies, and it's if you know me, I mean, I'm I have a horror movie sleeve in progress. I have. My house is horror. I collect the figures and I love the slasher films and the bloods and blood and the gore and all that stuff. But there's something about these these nostalgic kids movies that just they still have such a huge place in my heart. And I'm going to actually talk about Halloween Town today. So if you can't get the kids to bed yet or it's still a little too early and you're just trying to kill some time until you can throw in your horror movie, I suggest throwing in Halloween Town from 1998. Have you seen that? Yes. So I love it. The story centers around a teenage Marnie Cromwell, and it turns out that her mom has been keeping a secret from her. And it's funny because I go back and think about when I was younger, and and this is a secret that I wanted my mom to be keeping from me because I wanted to find out that I had these mysterious witchy powers. And sadly, no, it's it's not the case. Um, but Finds her, she finds out that her mom has been hiding the fact that she is, in fact, a witch. Not only is she a witch, but her mom is a witch and her grandmother's a witch. Uh, her grandmother came over for her yearly Halloween visit to the mortal realm because that's the only time the bus from Halloween Town runs. 
And not only does she find out that she's a witch and that her ancestors are witches, but she also finds out that there's trouble afoot in Halloween Town. Well, of course, she has to help. She makes a plan and she's going to sneak on the bus when her grandmother goes back to Halloween Town without anybody knowing. And her brother comes along. Her little brother comes along to keep an eye on her because he's like the straight and narrow and, and you know, the, the rules guy. And then their younger sister also snuck on without them even knowing. They get to Halloween Town and so many things happen. It's when you when Halloween Town opens, you see the big the big pumpkin in the center of town, which currently is not lit up, but it will be eventually. Um, you get to meet a whole bunch of different characters. Now, for anybody who knows me, I actually wrote a kids book called Welcome to Creep Town, uh, and it celebrates the, their four hundredth Halloween. And I love it because this right here, Halloween Town, was my inspiration for it because I love the concept of a different world where all these monsters and creeps and creatures and all these things live and they're not scary they're just goofy and they make bread and they go shopping and they gossip about neighbors and they just do the stuff that we do but they look a little different so they live you know it's i love this movie because it's about accepting who you are and who other people are now in this movie marnie and her siblings discover that there is evil afoot something is happening something is taking all of the residents of evil of halloween town and just turning them into not themselves. They're turning gray and they're they're not as outgoing and cheerful and loving. Um, so they decide to fight back. And with the help of her siblings and her grandma and her reluctant mom, they defeat the evil Calabar. It's awesome and it's so great and it's so much fun. And you love the whole thing and the whole time you're like, come on, mom, join in. And she does. And you are so happy because now, now Marty gets to embrace who she really is. And the mom realized that maybe hiding their heritage and who they really are and the kind of things that actually really make them special wasn't the right thing to do. So they embrace it and Marnie gets training and her siblings get training and even the little straight and narrow brother is a warlock. They're all magical and it's amazing. If you've already seen this 107 times like me and you don't want to watch it again, unlike me, uh, you can also watch Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge, or Halloween Town High, or Return to Halloween Town. Really, you can't go wrong with the whole series. But I highly recommend these, any of them. And it, it's just a great nostalgia watch. Agreed. I, I, it, it, it's a... Uh... It's a good one. It's fun for the whole family. Um, and just to your point, lots of great themes and sort of, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. And, and one of those that you can watch with the whole family. And uh, there's something to be said for that. It, it's great. It, it, it's, uh, if, if you're an adult horror fan with children and you kind of want to start to introduce them in, into the genre, kids, this is a good way to do that. It's uh, a lot, a lot of fun. So it's it's funny because in talking about it, it reminds me of something. Because I was saying, every kid wants to have magical powers, and I, you know, I I wanted there to be something more special about me than everybody else. And I think we all kind of have that as a kid. Mm -hmm. But it, it it reminds me of how. Uh, so when I was younger, my dad had me convinced so i have i actually have big shoulder blades i can protrude my shoulder blades and i used to be able to hold like a roll of quarters between them i have wow. pretty big shoulder blades he had me convinced at a very young age that i was going to grow wings that's wings. awesome 
I was so excited. Do you know? I believe that I don't even know how old I was when I stopped believing it. It was older than I should have been. But I will tell you, my heart was broken when I found out I was not going to get wings. And then mind you, I don't like to fly. I don't like being off the ground. I don't like heights. But for some reason, I needed to be able to fly. I thought I was going to get wings. And I was super bummed that I didn't. So I'm not magical. It's just what it is. I love that. That is <laughs> that is the best, right? That is, that's so good. Love it. All right. So do we got anything else we want to discuss today? I don't think so. I think I think that's everything I have. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us, guys. And make sure to meet us at the snack bar next week when it will be on the big screen. Can't wait for this one. So until then, guys, sweet dreams. Bye. As always, thank you for listening. Feel free to reach out to your hosts by email at scareyourpantsoff9 at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. Be sure to like, subscribe, and turn on notifications wherever you get your podcasts. If we haven't scared you away yet, you're our kind of people. So check under your bed and keep your feet under the covers and those closet doors shut. <laughs> Until next week, my friends. <laughs>